Well, do you want to introduce yourself? Okay. Uh, sure. I, I guess I'm uh, <laughs> Ryan, Wade's brother. <laughs> yes. And this is Wade, and this is my podcast called Critical Wade Theory. And sometimes I review movies, and sometimes I talk about politics and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a wide net that I cast and occasionally have guests. And uh, so uh, today we're going to talk about the Tales from the Crypt episode. And it's a good one. It's the premiere. Um, the Man Who Was Death. So um, what were your thoughts on the episode? I'll, I'll, I'll start with you. I'll make you do mo most of the work. Just, <laughs> okay, yeah. Just uh, the general impression. I I don't remember, I don't know if I ever saw the episode when I was younger, when we would watch uh, Tales from the Crypt, or yeah, Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> I almost said Dark Side. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 definitely a really good one, and and especially being uh, the first episode. A lot yeah. of times, the first episode of a series will be just okay, but yeah, it, it was pretty solid. And um, well, I like how the crypt keeper comes right out the gate, you know, ready to go. Like, there's no mystery about who this character is. They're just like he's in your face. He's a freaking crypt keeper. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I like, you know, uh, his lines. Like, I don't know if you said in this episode, but of course he often says, "Hello, boils and ghouls," and or, "Hello, kitties," and stuff like that. You yeah. know, the tales from the crypt would be really not the same without the crypt keeper. No. Oh no. And, yeah, uh, I I listened to. Um... I listened to a podcast uh, episode with uh, interview with uh, John Cassier, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and uh, he talked about how earlier in these earlier episodes uh, they didn't um, they didn't have the budget or as much of a budget, yeah. so they the you can see that the Crypt Keeper's movements especially like his mouth movements are much um much they're much more less crude. than more than crude. in later episodes yeah he he actually spoke much much slower uh to allow for the you know the movement yeah. of the mouth to match his his voice but then and later on once it was more successful and they they were able to get more money to um update the mechanics and everything and this premiered on june 10th 1989 so i would have been like i guess seven or eight years old at the time oh okay like yeah that. so that's one reason i didn't get to see it i don't think i well i guess our grandma might have had cable or our grandmas but i don't think she had hbo <laughs> no i think we would watch hbo you know, all the pay channels would have like a, a weekend where it was free. And oh, yeah. so I think that's when we would watch it. Because I, I do remember watching it. Although I actually, I think it was, it was eventually on Fox, I think, after. Yeah, they had, they had censored versions. Yeah, yeah. And they even, had a, they even had that kid's show version, which was pretty fun, like Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Yeah. George, my son George, um, 
and I have watched uh, a number of episodes of that. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, the, it's pretty good. I'm getting sidetracked, but do you remember the Where's Waldo uh, cartoon? Oh, yeah. We've, we've yeah. watched a few episodes of that, too. Yeah. You know, the voice of the wizard Whitebeard, that's uh, Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, really? I didn't know. Clear, didn't clearly know doing like a... Uh, like a Rodney Dangerfield impression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, there was also um, a Back to the Future cartoon. And, you know, I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but, you know, we're entering a nostalgia zone here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the uh, interesting things about, you know, before we get too specifically into the episode, um, I was, you know, doing a little bit of research on the show in general. And it turns out that Arnold Schwarzenegger... Um, he was paid $15,000 to direct an episode. And he said at the time that it was the greatest joy I've ever had in the movie business. <laughs> so apparently he had a pretty fun time. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think that was the episode with William Hickey, the old man from, uh, oh God, awesome. uh, Christmas Vacation, Puppet Master. Um, he's been yeah, in he's... a lot of things. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie yeah, Tales actually. From the Dark Side too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Major Pain. He's in that one as well. <laughs> oh, geez, I don't remember that. I the, uh, we saw that in the theater. That has Damon Williams. Yeah, as a, or... as a very person in the. I guess the military could be the right word for it. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess. Um, there was never a sequel to that one. <laughs> no, still waiting for. Yeah, <laughs> I you started know, writing one, but uh, <laughs> it yeah, never finished it. <laughs> um, so anyway, as I'm sure a lot of people know, this show is based on the EC Comics series of the same name, created by William Gaines and Al Feldstein. Have you ever read any of the, any of those? Yeah, I I used to have uh, some of the comics. I, they, they were probably reissues. Oh, I yeah, remember yeah. buying them, and uh, yeah, I don't know whatever happened to them, but because uh, I don't remember seeing them. I wonder if I borrowed them to somebody, and and they never. And oh yeah, I mean, they never got back or something. I I think, I think to be honest, some of our comics got mixed up, so some of mine might have ended up in yours. And vice versa, or whatever. And I'm sure I've lost all my old comics, which I mean, yeah. we have some of them somewhere. <clears throat> I don't, I don't have any of them. So yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. To them. So th that's kind of sad, but I do remember, I do remember seeing um, some gory scenes in those comics. I, I had a few myself. Yeah, and yeah. This episode was written by Walter Hill and um robert renault and um it was directed by walter hill as well yeah and, uh, what are your thoughts on the plot i guess we might as well start getting into the actual episode <laughs> yeah it it uh i mean this, this is like a classic kind of tales from the crypt uh episode and and i think what a lot of anthology series you know try to be like even kind of including twilight zone where you have this character who is a, basically he's an executioner and all of a sudden they um 
repeal or ban um, or abolish the death penalty. And so then he kind of, be he becomes a vigilante and starts uh, going out on his own and putting people he deems, um, you know, like bad, yeah, uh, sure bad guys like or criminals. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, like, oh. so yeah, the first person that he he kills is this uh this like biker guy who yeah. uh i guess killed somebody and gets gets away with it because there is an issue with the the warrant or something that <laughs> yeah it's kind of freddy krueger like yeah yeah and mm -hmm. I, I kept waiting for somebody to say the the lawyers got fat and the judge got famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that that biker guy's name, his character is named Jimmy Flood, and he was he was also the guy who played the biker in Terminator Two: Judgment. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Who puts the cigar yeah. out in yeah. uh, the Terminators? The the revamped. Uh, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the right word. T one Terminator. T the T eight hundred, but. I was going to say, um, well, the new, like, Good Samaritan Terminator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Hero. That actor's name is Robert Winley. I wrote down notes here. Yeah, yeah. And, um, let's see, what else? What what other notes do I have? Um, well, the main character, the guy who's executing people, his name is Niles Talbot. And he's yeah. played by William Sadler. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's obviously in things like, um, well, he's in the Bill and Ted movies. He plays death there. Yeah, coincidentally. In a way, he plays death in this episode as well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, well, of course, he's also in the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Prisoners. So, yeah. Um, he was also in all of the Tales from the Crypt uh, movies, like Demon Knight oh, and yeah. Bordello of Blood. So he was like a true believer in the uh, in the series. Yeah, I, I I listened to a podcast with interview with him yesterday as well, and he talked about how he actually read the comics growing up. Oh, so yeah. he was a big fan of of them, and and like he was like a monster kid, a big fan of like the universal monster movies and stuff. And Well, you know, part of why this character snaps is that, you know, he was an executioner who, who was unemployed because of the state abolishing the death penalty. So there, there's actually a little bit of a, I don't know, a social commentary there. Yeah. Yeah. The, like one of the, ironically, one of the characters he kills had had killed somebody because he didn't get a job. So there's there's definitely a little bit of you know commentary on uh, financial hardship potentially, you know, setting people down a darkened path. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was the uh, the first had, the well I, the second guy I think, or was he the first? The Ledbetter guy? Ledbetter, yeah, he was the one that was, at the very beginning, he's the one that gets the electric chair. Oh, yeah, he didn't get, re <clears throat> he didn't face revenge from Niles. That's right. 
Right, right. And yeah, like like you said, the Ledbetter name could be a reference to uh, is it Huddy? Ledbelly. Ledbelly. Yeah. Yeah. Huddy, Huddy Ledbetter. Ledbetter. Um, yeah. Also known as Leadbelly, the right. famous blues man who was yeah, yeah. partly legendary because he really did kill somebody and he ended up in prison. Whereas, you know, like Johnny Cash probably never really shot somebody in Reno just to watch. No, him I don't him. think so. <laughs> well, you know, Leadbelly really did uh, face that sort of justice, I guess you could say. Was he electrocuted? <laughs> No, no, no. He wasn't, no. <laughs> no, he was, he was uh, fine, I guess. You know, he did his time and uh, he uh, redeemed himself uh, through music. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, part of his legacy. It's a much more proud legacy than this Niles guy. <laughs> more than the uh, other Ledbetter character in this particular episode. And, um... Uh... The the name Talbot, that's um the name of in the Wolfman. Oh sure. Um, Lawrence sure. Talbot. I I, I yeah. wonder if that was a reference. It very well could be. A lot of these uh horror episodes and movies, they like to make a bunch of references like well, as you know, Friday the thirteenth part six makes tons of references like isn't there a Karloff general store? Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And kind so, of Cunningham I mean, Road, I think. And oh, yeah, Cunningham I think there's Road. a few mo I think there's a few mo movies where or maybe that scream, but yeah, there's always references in movies. Yeah. So, you know, he apparently feels a strong sense of moral duty and a desire for justice, and he takes matters in his own hands and he decides to continue his grim work as an independent vigilante. But at the same time, it is also clear that he is sadistic. So that yeah. brings him Dexter once again, you know? Right, yeah, because he clearly enjoys what he does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like, the so the the second person he kills, well, it's actually a couple, uh, because the guy, that guy killed his wife and... Uh, he kills them in a hot tub with, uh, or he, I can't remember. He drops something in the hot tub, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it electrocutes them. And that actually that the guy that is in the hot tub, uh, that's, uh, Garrett. Oh, what is his name? Garrett Graham. Yeah. Well, I didn't look that one up. <laughs> He's, he plays the foster dad in child's play Two. Oh, wow. And also, he is in in Chud too. Bud the Chud. He plays Bud the Chud. Oh, yeah, I think. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I, rec and, I recognize him now. You know, as the dad Child's Play too. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's been in a, a lot of things. He's also in any Seinfeld fans. The Seinfeld episode where they go to the opera and there's the this guy dressed up as a clown. And Jerry, Jerry's like, that is one angry clown. That's him also dressed up as the clown. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Niles brands himself as a crusade, crusader against crime, but it's it, it reminds me of how, how Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, phrased it. He said, 
your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So, you know, at the end of the day, even though he wants to think of himself as, you know, pursuing a just cause, there are definitely people who will recoil in horror at what he's done and who think he just as much deserves the electric chair as anybody else that he's killed. Right, right. And, you know, his, his, his actions are just, uh, I mean, they could be seen as, you know, like you have to have violence in, in these episodes and whatever. But, you know, it's it's like Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, it's it's interesting to see the consequences of vigilantism and, you know, the blurred line between justice, revenge, and just plain sadism. Yeah, yeah. And well, and then the third person he kills, or uh, I mean, attempts to kill that the like exotic dancer in the cage, uh, like yeah. it's not. I don't think there's no nothing explained what she did other than being an exotic dancer. So is is he just killing her because of that? And so it's. I don't know. You know, I I don't remember what they said about her exactly. Yeah, because um, he starts, he's just talking about, in ra a rather crude manner, about, like, how the old, uh, not theory, but the, like, treat, treat, uh, treat queens like whores and whores like queens. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know what that had to do with, with that. The yeah, I mean, there, the age, there, were, but... there were points where he was, you know, it's, it seemed like he was just riffing in a way, you know? And yeah, like, yeah. Which which almost makes him seem more real, you know what I mean? Right. And, and of course, there is a bit of a twist ending, uh, which you can see in the, in the, in any image that you look up of this episode, which is that, yes, he does get electrocuted himself. Yeah, because and, they catch they catch him at that the strip club or whatever. Yeah, and there's really uh, no need for a uh, spoiler because that's really a hallmark of the Tales from the Crypt series altogether. Oh yeah, yeah, and I I would think yeah, it's it would help to watch this episode before yeah. listening to this. I guess you um, know, re revenge is so standard to Tales from the Crypt. It's it's almost a bit cliched, you know, but. It, at the same time, you 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 want to see that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a big part of life, even not yeah. as necessarily if you you know go through with anything, but just fantasy. So yeah, well, it's, it's a bit like a lifetime movie where you, you you always have to expect that a man or a woman drops something, then they both kneel down to pick it up and they exchange smiles and. One of them awkwardly says, I should go. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. Kind of like, you know, to expect that in a, in that genre. Just like, here you got to expect a character is going to get a twisted variety of revenge, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. So um, lots of morality tale kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the Crypt Keeper, lots of macabre humor. What, what did you think of his... Uh, you know, the closing bit where he was electrocuting himself for kicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, funny. And I think that's a running thing, too, in the show. Like, what, whatever, 
whatever happens in the episode. Uh, probably not ever at the end of every episode, but yeah. I, I, I've watched a number of, I, I do have the series on DVD and I've been, uh, um, we've been watching them little by little. I, we're, I think we're into season two maybe, but yeah, the, there's still like, I think there's seven seasons altogether. So I got a, got a ways to go yet. Oh yeah. It's a, uh, and I think, I think back then they had, they had more episodes in a standard uh, season in a TV show. I think there's like, isn't there like 20 something episodes? Um, well, I think the first season only had like six or something, oh, but, but yeah. then, yeah, the second might, might've had more, maybe 16. I'm not sure. Well, there's another interesting thing about this episode too, is that it sort of puts the audience in the role of accomplice rather than just being a passive spectator or a victim. At oh least, yeah. At least that's kind of how I see it. Right. Right. Because, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like you're right there with him every, every step of the way, basically as he, as he does these things and rationalizes them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he's basically speaking to the audience really. It's, it's, yeah. it kind of breaks the, uh, the four, fourth wall? yeah fourth wall <laughs> which and that's kind of like the the campy or i don't know i i feel like this is definitely like a popcorn show where you just you can't really no read into it too much like the well because it, it it's funny because like i don't know the time span for like each like when he's doing the murders and stuff but like the the death penalty is abolished and then all of a sudden he kills two people and attempts to kill another one and then all of a sudden they tell him that the the, the death penalty is reinstated yeah. so I, I don't know if there's a real quick change in of administration or <laughs> maybe i don't know like maybe uh maybe there was a coup in the <laughs> i don't <Yeah>. know <laughs> You know, that, that kind of thing can happen. And, uh, you know, we also don't, don't get to see any work really that much by the police detectives. No, no. result of their investigation, which is realistic enough, you know. Um, yeah. It's what would happen to the character of Niles, you know, if, if he wasn't aware of the police progress. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, kind of fill in the blanks there. And you know that this this character obviously doesn't feel guilty for what he's done or anything like that. No, no. And then of course, like at the beginning, how he talks about how everybody that goes to the chair is like this does the same thing. They start talking about yeah. like crying and saying the governor's gonna call. And of course, he does the same thing when he's oh, being yeah. led to the chair. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought okay. uh he he was really good, uh, William Sadler. I, I'm a big fan of his in general. Everything I've seen him do, uh, he's he's really good. Um, I uh, apparently he auditioned for the role of the cop at the end, who like reads him his rights. Oh, so and uh, they, I think the casting director talked him into trying out for for the that the lead role, hmm. and. Um, they told him to like grease up his hair and like darken his teeth or something when he came yeah. back to do a like a second audition. 
or read through, which he didn't do apparently, but um, they still they liked the way that he read the the script and whatnot. Yeah, you know, he's, the character doesn't really consider the consequences of vengeance or you know the need for an orderly process, other than you know just um, the order of whatever fate that he brings about. And you know, there's a sense of, you know, there's a, well, it's it seems like he's sort of dismissing like concerns about the death penalty as, you know, like a a media frenzy or something, and society being too soft, and he doesn't see any issues at all with pulling that switch. Right. So, yeah. Not, it's it's kind of like that's what is supposed to happen, and then it's taken away and so he goes out and yeah well it's just fulfills his, say, you know? his addiction in a way <laughs> yeah yeah like a like a murder addiction <laughs> yeah yeah and uh ultimately rather than niles executioners being faced with the most difficult case of their careers they flip it around you know and uh oh yeah it ends up being one of the easiest cases because it got him dead to rights. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of of course, like you said, he's like the governor's going to call any minute, but he never gets that call. <laughs> so that's uh, definitely a cliche in movies and TV shows where oh yeah, they, a phone the phone rings like seconds before they're about to throw the switch. <laughs> I, I I do want I do think that has actually happened in the past, though. Oddly enough, I don't know why they would. Oh, Close, I would imagine, yeah. I think I've heard of some exact, like more than one example of it happening, but. Well, I know so, there's an episode of Quantum Leap where, uh... oh, you know, that's funny um, that I mentioned that because, um, oh, um, John Cassier was in a, in a comedy group with Scott Bakula. That's oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, Coincidentally. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, I wonder uh, if he was ever in an episode of Quantum Leap. I'll have to look that up. Oh, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> so, how did you watch this? I mean, did I had to watch it on YouTube? Um, I, I, I actually I watched it on Vudu. I didn't watch the DVD that I have. I could have, but yeah, I, I, I had bought the first season or and part of second season. I think on Vudu. A while back and for a while it wasn't available to watch on there even though i bought the episodes because i guess on there and um amazon prime if you buy episodes you don't necessarily always get to watch them or keep them yeah that's which stupid. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't like that but i guess that's they say it somewhere in fine print or i don't know Eesh. But I, I just for, just just for, just for the heck of it, I looked and and it was available to watch, so that's where I watched yeah. it. Well, I, and, I guess let's. Oh, what were you gonna say? Oh, and I, I was just gonna say I, I watched a little part of it again today on my phone because when you mentioned the the song that they play by Link Ray. Oh and, yeah, Link Ray. Yeah. Because yeah, like I said, I got it. I got it mixed up with uh, Davy Allen and the Arrows blues theme, which is another like motorcycle type. Yeah, 
There is there is that little part of the episode where it seems like they're paying homage to Link Ray and his song Rumble. Yeah, that it's it definitely is. Yeah, I don't know if you people out there listening have heard that song, but it's an interesting piece of musical history because I think it's the only instrumental piece that was basically banned from radio. Yeah, that's weird. Which is kind of crazy. Because how do you how do you ban an instrumental for uh, being offensive? And it doesn't even have a particularly offensive title. It's no, just... no. <laughs> but I guess they they were that afraid of rock music at the time. And it's it's a little bit funny because like people nowadays they 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 would hear a song like that and think nothing of it. But it it really goes to show you what kind of power music really can have when when oh, just yeah. instrumental was apparently enough to send, you know, creeps and shivers down normal America's spine. Right, yeah. So, um, do you have any final thoughts? Um, no, I, I, I guess not. Uh, yeah, I, other than uh, just um, William Sadler, again, well, was in Bill and Ted as the Grim Reaper, and yeah, um, he said that he based the voice of the Grim Reaper on uh, a guy he used to work with, a, like a, a Czechoslovakian guy or an actor that he worked with, I think, because uh, he did a lot of theater. And so he basically just did that guy's voice as the Grim Reaper. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, uh, I guess that's all I have to say about the episode. I've kind of run out of notes and steam and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out if if you've never seen it. It's it's a yeah. good episode. Well, yeah, Tales from the Crypt in general is pretty rocking. Yeah, uh, yeah. The next episode is great too. Um, oh yeah, has a great uh, malevolent Santa Claus. That's <laughs> Very fun to watch. For some reason, I don't think I watched it around this Christmas um, time. No, I didn't either. Which or is strange. Halloween. Something, something that I often watch. Yeah, I usually it. watch the mo- the 1972 Tales from the Crypt movie around yeah. this time. Uh, because, well, around Halloween time, of course, because it's a horror movie. And then because it's the that episode with the Santa. Yeah. Yeah, he he. Oh, what's that guy's name? Uh, the guy who plays Doctor Giggles, Larry, Larry Drake. Larry Drake. There we go. No, yeah, I'm like, yeah. This game too, but yeah, Larry Drake does a just an amazing job at, as a character. Yeah, there, there, are, there are a lot of great deranged Santa Claus characters, but I don't know if I've ever seen that one topped. Like no, in terms of just I mean the original one. He's a creepy guy, but. Yeah, Larry Drake has they they put like stuff in his mouth that so that he's like drooling and just like really dark oh, yeah. teeth and yeah. You can tell he's really into it playing that character. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh well anyway, I guess I'll let you go and uh hopefully you people out there enjoyed listening to this. Yeah, yeah. Um not every episode is gonna be a movie or TV show review, but you know, I like to do these every so often. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like movies and TV? Exactly. (laughs) We're hermits in the hills, and we don't like those kind of people. (laughs) 
they're they're over intense for a reason, you know. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. You know, I, I'm not bashing hermits in the hills. I kind of want to be one myself. <laughs> but um, anyway, you have a good day. I'll, I'll probably see you on Monday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all right. All have right. Yeah. All right. See ya.